Hello and welcome back to her Gypsy Soul podcast, The Stories That Bind Us. My name is Jacqueline Van Bierk and I am your host and I'm so excited for our new series of artists sharing their stories from the road, how they are making a living, doing what they love, some crazy road stories, some really cool, interesting gigs that they've done and how they made this happen to just really earn a living and make a career out of their craft, out of their God-given gifts. So with no further ado, today's guest is a perfect example of that because he came from Scotland a long time ago. His name is John Allen and he's a bagpiper and he's making a living. Actually, I almost want to say a killing, um, doing bagpipes. And to me, that is so niche, that is so interesting and so inspiring. So with no further ado, here's John's story. Enjoy. Hey, John, it is so great to have you. Hi, Jacqueline. Thank you for having me. Doing. Happy to be here. Yeah, for sure. Yes. I'm so excited because I wanted to have you on for a long time. I love your stories and I love what you're doing. Um, I mean, how many people do I know that play bagpipes for a living? <laughs> you know? I don't know. <laughs> it's funny I don't know about you. <laughs> so that alone, I think that blows my mind. And um, you're just a very talented musician and you're also a coach. So I, share a little bit about yourself, how you got into playing the bagpipes, first of all. Oh. And, um, you know, how, how it all got started and some fun stories um, that you shared with me in our private conversations, <laughs> I think are so hilarious when you were basking and stuff like that. Basking with bagpipes, oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was a good story. Oh, well, there's many good bagpiping stories, of course. <laughs> Any bagpiper will tell you. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I started playing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I was... Uh, drawn to the instrument but my next door neighbor played and uh and i used to bug him all the time and i think i don't know how old i was but he kept he used to tell me my fingers were too small and then uh and then one day i asked him and and he said yeah okay let's do it and that was it i started playing and uh and then i i, I played that was about i think i was like seven years old i started and then um i played till i was about 14 or 15 and then i discovered uh because when i was a kid like um in the bagpipes were in scotland were very like military so that you know <clears throat> the army had bagpipes so it was really short back and sides haircuts and um and like no earrings no rock and roll and uh and i was 14 and i was just like oh i want to play guitar you know i want to be i don't you know bagpipes are not cool and so uh so i so i really did a lot of uh guitar i started playing guitar and and playing in rock bands and stuff and then uh and then i moved out here to LA and um, and let's see I went to I went to music school for a year and I met like in, in this one class that we were in it was kind of weird it wasn't even a music class it was just like a it was called lifemanship and uh, it was at MI in Hollywood and they had a program at that time I don't know if they still have it but it was like one year like intense you know uh, music program and I didn't really know anything about music theory and stuff so I wanted to learn about that stuff and when I was there I met this guy who was uh, he was from Sweden, and um, and that kind of sounds like him actually. <laughs> but uh, his name was Peter Bringelson, and uh, and he and he was like this big Viking guy, and and uh, and he found out in this class that I played bagpipes, and he says we must do something with these bagpipes, and so we started a band, and we uh, um, 
Yeah, we just got like an amazing response, like bagpipes and rock and roll. And that was in like, well, I don't know, it was a while ago. And so, um, <clears throat> and then, um, so that was a great, that was a turning point. And there's there weren't that many bands doing that at that time. Um, there were a couple. Um, and um, and then, uh, and then I, I remember, because uh, I was like, always worked like, you know, eight to five. I was a... a um, a printer by trade in Scotland and uh, and I just and then I came out here and I worked as a printer as well and I could just never like because you know when you're a musician like a rock musician in LA like musicians have day jobs and then they play at night and like actors have night jobs and they play and they do auditions during the day so I was never bitten by the acting bug or anything like that so uh, so I had a day job which was was really good and um, and then uh, when I went to school for that year, it was the first time like I ever took a chance of uh, like of, uh, you know, not having a job. And, um, <laughs> and and I've been working since I was like 15 years old, you know, and um, and I think probably I don't know if in Germany they have these things like a, it's a, a apprenticeship. Right. Mm -hmm. So you start really young and you go to college one day a week. And um, anyway, uh, and so I had like no money for the first time in for a long time. I had no money and uh and all the like credit cards were maxed out and it was like i think it was like eight or nine days till christmas and my mom was out here from scotland i had no money to buy presents and i was like oh man you know what i bet you i could go and play down at on third street promenade and uh and i went down there to third street promenade and i made a bunch of money and i was like this has got to be wrong and and i went back every day for six days and i got all this money enough to buy presents and stuff like that for christmas and i thought i remember having that thought like i'm never gonna have to have a job again in my life and uh and so that's how i started uh doing that and that just kind of snowballed into you know that 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 um the idea like of you know you have availability during the day and then you start you know and so now you can go and do other kinds of jobs people call you hey can you do this job like yeah i don't have a like a regular job that i go to so um so doing things like that and then uh you know and then people were interested in learning the bagpipes i started teaching a little bit i had a friend who taught and uh and he went to uh new york and he goes hey i'm, I'm gonna give you these students to teach them and i was like okay i'll do it and so that's kind of like how it started out you know and just like having that availability of time during the day was was a big deal you know so did you come out to la with the intent of being playing the bagpipe or just in general being a musician like a rock musician just being right? a musician yeah it was me and one other guy from a band i played with in scotland and we came out here and um um yeah just like i i played in bands here like i got here right at the end of like 89 so it was like the sunset strip was still alive oh wow and, yeah you know, and it was like it was pretty awesome and uh and so got to do you know that thing but nothing ever really happened um you know with the everyone was trying to do the same thing and it was like basically that idea like the only way at that time was to was to get a record deal and then you know and and then hope i mean no one really saw past that but you know there's obviously more steps after getting a record deal as as the, the album going to get promoted or is the you know are you going to get money to go out and tour and stuff like that all those all those things but that never really ever happened so um so i think when i went to mi it was like really an interesting experience because uh you know you go there and you want to be like the best musician you can and i met all these amazing guitar players that taught there you know and i thought and i just realized like that was the time i was like oh you know what all these guys are looking for a gig all these guitar players 
you can hire all these guitar players, you know, but you can't really hire someone to create a musical vision for you. So, you know, at that time I had a, a vision that I wanted to play bagpipes and rock and roll. And, and, and so uh, that's what I did. And that was right when you could, maybe just before you could start making your own CDs really and go out and doing shows and like we played festivals and we sold our product at festivals and um and that was a really way to a really great way to go i mean obviously it's not anymore um uh, or or it could be i don't know like you know everything's changing right now for for live musicians even before covid and stuff of course but um but that was a pretty decent model you know like you could go play festivals sell your product and uh and uh uh, and if people like the music, they'd buy the music right there, you know, um, and then you could interact with people. It was really, it was really cool. But um, yeah. You must have been somewhat accomplished to play festivals because that's not the easiest thing to do, you know, as an independent band. Yeah, right. The only thing was that, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that a lot of stuff is just about saying yes. So um, the first festival we ever did was uh, I did so. I just wanted to make a CD of uh, of like bagpipes and rock and roll because I was like playing guitar. I was writing, trying to write songs with people, and uh, and uh, and there was this guy who was a, um, a songwriting. It was a songwriting group called. Uh, it was Jai Josephs. I don't know if you're familiar with Jai Josephs, but oh, he wrote the book, right? He wrote the book. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he used to have a songwriting group. Uh, I can't remember what night it was, but we would go over there, and it was a bunch of writers and stuff, and. Uh, and so he said to me, like, hey, if you could make a record like that was like um, that you like, I can't remember what he said, like if, if, if Sony gave you like $30,000 to make a record and the only requirement was it had to be every ounce, everything about you had to be on that record and be like a cohesive record. And pardon me. And um, so I described why well, I would write originally like. As, an, as a regular instrument, like they'd play an intro, they'd play instead of a guitar solo, they'd play a jig or a reel or something like that. And uh, and then I would do some traditional uh, Gaelic songs, old Scottish songs and and uh, rock them up because some of them I just heard they were total rock songs. And um, and then I would do like instrumental bagpiping tracks that were traditional bagpiping tunes or original, but in traditional style and then have it all rock together. And then it, that would be like a cohesive thing. And he said to me, that's what you should be doing. And I was like, and so I was like, okay, so I did a first, my first CD of that kind of music and, um, had some great people playing on it. And, um, it's funny how people like some people were like really into Celtic music. And, uh, um, and so I did that record with no intention of touring or anything like that. And, um, and, uh, and so I, I just gave it out to people that I knew like piping community or people bought it, you know, and, uh, and this guy said, that ran a festival down at the Orange County Fairgrounds. And he said, uh, hey, we'd love Stand Easy. That was the name of the band, Stand Easy. Actually, it was the name of the CD. It wasn't even the name of the band. And he goes, we'd love Stand Easy to come and play at the festival. <laughs> and, and I didn't even have a band. And I was like, oh, absolutely. We'd be happy to come and play. And he's like, okay. So I quickly put a band together. And, uh, and that's how we started playing at festivals. And then you play at one. And then there's always people from other festivals. But mostly the Scottish uh, festivals. It wasn't like, um, and so there'd be like maybe four or five uh, Celtic bands that would play there. Yeah. But a lot of people doing the same thing, selling their own product and stuff. And that, and that for us was, 
the biggest market. So it wasn't like, you know, it really didn't pay off to go and play at a festival with 20 other rock bands. And people are like, oh, bagpipes, that's cool. When you go to a Scottish festival, people are like, bagpipes, that's like amazing, you know? And uh, and it, so you sell a lot more CDs that way. Yeah, yeah. I remember I, I was a big Korn fan, you know, the band Korn. And he had yeah. all that in there, you know, that was freaking awesome. I love that. Oh my God. When you played the strip, did you meet a lot of bands? Because there were a lot of up and coming rock stars at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't really remember that much of it, that, but yeah, I, uh, I, uh, well, you know, when you go to, there's a picture floating around, I'm, you know, I met some people, I met John Enwistle, I met Slash, I met, you know, um, my buddy has a, a picture of there that he just posted again, because uh, he was out here, and, um, and yeah, and then, you know, I still go and I play, I still go and play at the Whiskey, actually, every once in a while, um, with a bunch of guys from, they have a jam night, um and uh and we play like it's it's like covers and stuff like that but mostly guys from that era you right. know like amazing musicians you know yeah. so um that but awesome. i have a corn story too i did play with corn believe it or not oh my god that's awesome yeah. yeah at the almost acoustic christmas show i can't remember what year it was i'd have to look up it's i wrote it down about i won't look up now but um but yeah so we got called to go and play and um, and what was really cool was um, we uh, was going to rehearse with them, and they were like, um, uh, yeah. So they were giving him like Jonathan Davis, I think it is. Yeah, they were like, they're like, hey, how come you don't play bagpipes like that? And like they were just teasing him because he could play, you know. And uh, but we went to the um, we went to the rehearsal up in North Hollywood. It was just like any other rehearsal place, you know, except it was corn, you know. And yeah. the, the sounds amazing and. Uh, uh, I remember I saw them the first time in Ventura and I'd never seen a band like that. Like the dynamics in that band were like amazing. Never heard anything like it before. And um, and so we got to go and play with them and it was really cool to rehearse with them, you know, and we did that Shoots and Ladders song. And uh, and then you have to do, um, yeah, and the, the K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas show, you have to do uh, a Christmas carol. So we did Jingle Bells as well. Oh, nice. And, uh, but what was cool when we went to the almost acoustic Christmas thing, there was like all these great bands were playing there and like Blink One Eighty Two and stuff. But like we were with Corn, you know, and we're in the dressing room with Corn, and it was like, you know, Corn had a pipe, a bunch of pipers there. It was really cool. So I'm glad that you like them. I love that band. Oh my god! And yeah. they're super, super nice, super nice. Yeah, like you said, when they first came out, I was like, holy shit, what is this? Like I love them so much. It was oh, it was so different, you know. Um, Tell me about the busking, because I think it's so funny, like, okay, there's one thing, you know, you put up a guitar and you're like, but a bagpipe is kind of like, it has different frequencies, right? There's like a yeah. lot of things that, yeah. um, restrictions possibly. <laughs> Tell us some stories from your busking the streets with the bagpipes. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, busking stories. So let me think of some good ones. Well, I mean, most bagpipers wouldn't know this, but like, uh, one of the funny things was like, I had some cops would come by, like, First of all, you, you, you're too loud to be there, right? So, uh, so um, uh, anyway, I went, and that's the biggest problem is the volume, right? People, most people love bike pipes, but then like, you know, even the other musicians down there were like, hey, cool, bike pipes. And then you play and they're like, oh man, that's really loud, <laughs> you know? And, uh, um, and I had this one, and so like the bike pipe itself has like, it, it's kind of louder in the bottom part of it. And then it gets quieter at the top. And there was this cop that really didn't like me. 
and uh, every time I and he and he's and he came by with a decimeter. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, uh, I have a funny story to tell you. I just remembered one, but uh, but he came by with this decimeter, and uh, and and there and I, and all I did was I just played the top two notes on the bagpipe, <laughs> and he didn't know, you know, but I knew those were the quietest notes. And, and then I and then uh, and then he just uh, I can't remember if he stopped or whatever. And I said, "Well, how, how did it read?" And he goes, "Oh, you're just barely under." <laughs> and um, uh, but oh, so um, so this was a uh, uh, this was a you know the the bagpipes were played a lot in in wartime, right? So and especially <clears throat> there was one piper that played uh, at Normandy. Um, I don't I don't anyway. It's kind of a long story, but there but I was playing across the street from this uh from this french restaurant and uh and the guy that was the owner was french and he would always send the waiters over to tell me that um i was too loud and i should move right <clears throat> and anyway uh and so uh one time there used to be a british pub down on third street promenade as well so <laughs> i would go in there and i'd play a little bit and they give me some free beer and they give me a free lunch and it's not there anymore so I, I think I was a little happier than normal, let's just say, or a little, you know, uh, and the guy comes over with his friend, French guy, and he's like, blah, 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 these pipes are so loud, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I said, I said to him, I bet you weren't complaining about them at Normandy. And um, and anyway, his friend was just like burst out laughing and stuff. So that's our bagpiping joke for that guy. And uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Oh, my mom, by the way, was horrified that I would be, uh, that I played in the street. Just horrified. Um, and, um, let's see, was there any other good ones I could think of? What was she thinking that you get robbed or, or, or? No, no, it's like begging. She thought it was like begging. <laughs> well, yeah, busking is, I've never done it. And I feel like I still need to do this because it's, it's, I think it's like very gutsy to do that, you know, because it's, it's not, it's, there's no show. There's no fancy anything. It's, there's no stage lights. It's just you raw mm -hmm. and your instrument. Yeah it's ballsy i think you know yeah i mean it's it's tough i mean the thing that i disliked about it was that like if there were like a hundred people that really liked it and one person came up and complained it i just i stuck that kind of that uh wears on you after a while because yeah. it's like you don't you don't feel so great about playing the instrument and stuff and so um but one lady came up to me one time and i'm like playing my heart out you know like for half an hour or whatever and she said you know it wouldn't be so bad if you if you played more than one tune you know, if you didn't play the same tune all the time, I thought, yeah, okay, well, that's fine. Fine, fine, whatever. You're like, you're not supposed to be here for like half an hour. <laughs> well, no, I didn't play the same tune. I played all different tunes for half know, an hour. I know, I know, I know. But, but, if, but obviously she stuck around, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> funny. So just put your money in the, in the hat. So. so big transition. So you did all of that when you first got here. But now you're making a living. You've performed. In, in TV shows, your music has been placed in commercials and in, in movies. So tell us about that, because that is, again, it's so, so mind blowing that you managed to just stick with that. You know, it wasn't like, well, bagpipes are nice, but I got to make a living. So I'm, I'm going to be another guitar player or drummer or whatever, you know, right. I think that is just so mind blowing. And obviously it's worked well for you because it's somewhat niche and you're also really good at it, obviously, you know. Thank you. Thank you um so uh sorry what was the question so so now that you, you're making a living you got some uh, you got an agent right because you have um you are actually you have been in tv shows performing yeah. 
but also yeah. your music that you've written it has been in shows. Tell us a bit about that, like how where you've been in, what shows you've been in, and where you performed. You know, what shows you performed in. Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of stuff. So uh, I, I wrote, I have a, a little cheat sheet here. Yeah, you've done so much. How are you going to count um, yeah. all that? <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't really, I, I don't really know how it all happened, but it just kind of, it's just weird how it happens. Like every, every situation has a story, you know, like, uh, like performance wise, like I, I played at uh, uh, Coachella one time um, with this band and, and like, I, you know, it was a, it was a friend of mine that could do the job and he's like, Hey, can you do this gig? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then I went there and there were, and I didn't even know where Co Coachella was. And uh, and they were like, uh, oh yeah, we're playing this gig in the desert, and I was like, oh okay, that sounds cool. And then, but like you know, a gig in the desert doesn't really sound that cool. But and then they like opened up, and it's like all these bands that are playing there. And I was like, holy crap, this is like this is a real. So that was kind of cool to go there. Um, and uh, and then you know like playing, but you know one of the cool things about a gig like that is like when you play guitar and bagpipes, you it's it sets you apart from like you know just doing one instrument so the multi-instrumentalist thing is a big deal i think yeah. um but uh yeah and then there's like you know corn i got to play um because you know sometimes pipe bands when you're in a pipe band they, they get hired to come and do stuff so i got to play at the hollywood bowl a couple of times uh one time with um uh the chieftains and uh, actually twice with the chieftains and then one time with uh a Charlotte Church, do you know Charlotte Church? She's a English. She used. To, she's a like a well. I think she's Welsh. Sorry, um, like oh. a classical singer. Yeah, she used. She was a, a young singer. Okay. But um, but that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Know? Um, that was pretty cool. I, in fact, there was a funny story when we did uh, that. We because so we we and and I got to play some of my own tunes there, which was really great. So uh, the pipe band kind of walks in from the back of the Hollywood Bowl, and everyone's like, oh. It's really cool and we get down there and, and uh we're and we were gonna play with the hollywood bowl orchestra and so like <clears throat> we go there and then we're all playing everything's cool and then i'm gonna play guitar with the pipe band and the orchestra and so so i go and it's just like you know and it was sold out eighteen thousand people and so wow. so i go and i pick up my guitar and there's like a, a manager for everything at the hollywood bowl like sound manager stage manager like monitor manager like a, a bunch of managers I pick up my guitar and there's like no sound <laughs> and like so there's like me the pipe band and then the orchestra and then like eighteen thousand people and all i could hear was like like crickets and i was like oh my god like what am i gonna do and i looked down and the cable wasn't plugged in and and so like i grabbed the, the cable and i'm like i wave it like so the sound guy can see it and i'm like hey this will help and we plugged it in and that was it and away we went but that was like a terrifying moment um at that uh, at that place but also very cool you know oh my god what an accomplishment yeah that was that was really cool and um yeah so you know um but yeah like i played i played a bunch of times with some of the guys from guns and roses like gilby clark and uh stephen adler and uh with nancy i got to play with nancy wilson from heart um, yeah i know it's crazy and uh i played um with uh like uh for that tv show outlander i didn't actually play on it it was like a, a promo for it but it was cool um i got to play with a bunch of british comedians on this this show called uh what about dick uh, i guess are we, do we get bleeped no 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 go for it <laughs> it's just called what about dick and it's all about dick jokes and stuff like that oh, but that's funny. <laughs> It was like, um, but Eric Idle from, uh, from yes. uh, yeah, Eric Idle, uh, Russell Brandt, Billy Connolly, Tim Curry was amazing to work with him. 
and uh, uh, Eddie Izzard, like all those guys were, uh, they did a, uh, it was like a play and they turned it into a, like a, uh, it's on Netflix. You can see it on Netflix. Oh, that's so cool. What is it called again? What about Dick? What about Dick? Okay, cool. I have to check that out. And uh, yeah, so like that's a bunch of the kind of live stuff, but, um, and then like <clears throat> just doing some uh, uh, TV stuff um, and like, you know, um, uh, let's see, what did I do? TV stuff was. Um, Weren't you on Sons of Anarchy? No, I wasn't. Oh, I, I did. Um, no, I did. I said some recording for the next one, which was the okay. last executioner. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I did like, um, uh, let's see. Well, I did some, I got a placement in that movie, uh, the uh, Superman versus Batman movie. And then uh, Modern Family, um, Always Phil Always Sunny in Philadelphia I did. Um, Million Dollar Baby was was the one that won the Oscar with uh, Clint Eastwood. I, I got on that and that was great because we got cut into the the trailer for that. So it was in all the movie theaters when they were advertising it. Yeah, it's awesome. You yeah. were actually playing? You were playing? Yeah, playing and we were on camera, yeah. yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, my friend, he was in that and uh, he's a great piper and he got me uh, that gig and um, uh, and he's done like a bunch of stuff as well. Like he was in Braveheart and uh, and Titanic and stuff playing Irish pipes. Wow. Super talent. And uh, um, and then Austin Powers too. I got to go and coach Mike Myers for that. That was really cool when he was fat bastard. Um, that is awesome. I did the West Wing. I did. Uh, I got to coach Robin Williams, who was amazing, uh, on the show called The Crazy Ones. Um, I did how you how I met your mother where I, and I played with like two mariachi guys and we played like the Mexican hat dance. It was a weird crazy scene where the, the there was a restaurant that was half Mexican and half Scottish, <laughs> and so they had two mariachis and me playing. It was pretty funny. Hi. And uh, I did um, yeah I did the trailer for uh, Open Season that uh, uh, like a Disney kind of I don't know if it was Disney but it was a cartoon and um, like. Scandal. I did Scandal. I played in this uh, movie called Battleship as well. Um, it wasn't like uh, Rihanna was in it, but we got to play on the soundtrack. And uh, yeah, just, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, just doing some session stuff for, for other shows like The Bastard Executioner did that and then Turn was a show. Um, but basically just saying yes, like, you know, they, um, they're like, hey, can you play the Irish drum? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> sure I can. So, um, and I can, so um, it's not really that difficult. Uh, I mean, to do it on a level which is passable, but, um, mm -hmm. and then, yeah, just like commercials. I just did a commercial that was on the Super Bowl um, with oh, Timbaland. The Super Bowl? Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. That's the, that, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. It was on this year. It's my, it's the third time I've done a Super Bowl commercial. What? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> It was for IBM. It was uh, Timbaland. You know, uh, he's a producer. Yeah. Um, so he was doing a thing about the IBM cloud. So it was me and a guy playing the didgeridoo and some gospel singers and a string trio. And a, oh it was a, a, a Native American guy uh, playing there and a rapper. So it was kind of cool. That is so cool. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, I did a, uh, so yeah, so I, I did a couple of other ones for the Super Bowl. One was like a few years ago for E insurance and then uh i did one for budweiser as well it was more of a pipe band playing and that was cool and uh 
it's really fun to play the, and, and the ones that were there's other musicians particularly like i did this one for kia and it was uh nathaniel ratliff uh the, and the guy the night sweats i think i'm pronouncing his name right um but uh, uh son of a bitch i can't remember the, the song but he's really cool and and it was all musicians all different musicians and um and it was really fun so there was a guy playing the sitar that was there and and it was like two days and we got to hang out and um uh, and it was so it was really funny they did uh we did we recorded it in like you know some tiny little studio like mine and then they filmed it then we all went to uh capital one uh, capital records to studio a and and um and then they filmed it like we were recording it in in that big room and stuff it's called the i think the kia soul sessions so um but yeah those were some fun things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so are you hunting for those gigs yourself or does somebody get them for you or a little bit of both um <clears throat> a little bit of both i don't really seek out those gigs too much i got an agent for the commercials and stuff um but uh but mostly just people know you and they'll call you because they know um, that you can show up and do a good job. And if you show up and do a good job, then they want you to come back again, you know? And yeah. so, um, yeah. And I'm sure if you're easy to work with, you know, if you're not a complicated kind of like drama queen. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you definitely have to know like what you're, you know, how to do those jobs and what they need and what they don't need. And, um, uh, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of that. And yeah. Um, so yeah, it really helps, um, just to know and, and to be able to help them too, when they need help, you know, like if they, you know, like, you know, like I just did a recording session for modern family and they, they wanted a scene, uh, a wedding scene, you know, it was me and a cello player and, uh, and they had like, they picked this one wedding march, Gendelson's or whatever the wedding march is, uh, and I was like, yeah, that's that's cool, but it doesn't really work great on the bagpipes. This one would work way better on the bike. The, the wedding march would be way better. Uh, a different tune would be this one would be way better, and still a wedding tune. So, you know, when you play them the difference, and just so that you're able to tell them that, kind of give them that, that information, not to you know, just so that they they know what their options are and what's going to sound best at the end of it. So just stuff like that, you know, knowing that kind of stuff, and uh, and also knowing music theory is like really important. Um, and most bagpipers, like we don't really get taught music theory because we don't play with any other, uh, other instruments that much. Yeah. Yeah. So there's really no need for it. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I, I never really knew where the bagpipe fit in the musical world. And it was just kind of like far off enough. Like you kept taking the wrong turn. Like, so, so I never knew how it fit with other instruments. Like, cause people are always like, man, it doesn't work. And, and it, and it just doesn't work. You know what I mean? Because it grew up in its own, in its own as a solitary instrument, yeah. you know, or played with other bagpipes, but does not play well with others, much like the Scottish people. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I find that so interesting because, again, like when I first met, you know, when we first met, and you told me, I I thought you were just doing that on the side kind of thing, you know, because I didn't know that you could actually make a career playing bagpipes, and I think it's so brilliant, you know, and, and it's what you're passionate about too. So yeah. that's, you know, I mean, I've seen you play and it's just fascinating how it works and how it, it's not easy to, I mean, how long did it take you to even like master it? Like, I wouldn't say I've mastered it. That's for sure. But, well, um, you know, uh, to get, well, you know, I, I teach a lot. So, so I know it takes people like, 
a couple of years of practicing and um and uh yeah it's really cool i like it when people come and and especially adults uh, i mean kids pick it up really quickly but adults you know uh a lot of times people come and say hey my whole life i wanted to play bagpipes and i never got i could never do it i never got a chance to do it and um and i love being able to say like i can totally make you know there's not a lot of things i can do in the world but i can totally make that happen for you um i just need this you know this kind of commitment from you and if you do that like it's a well-proven method it works and um and it or it has worked and um and so and so to see them go from that to become like a bagpiper it's like a big deal you know and uh yeah. and and they, like some a lot of them it's like a lifelong dream to do that so uh, yeah so um I can't remember what you asked me at the beginning of that, but I like I like how you mentioned uh, the commitment because I remember like a lot of my voice students, you know, that were just like doing it for fun, but they wanted to improve and they would come but not practice. And I'm like, you know, every in my opinion, everybody can sing, but mm -hmm. some of you that cannot that aren't, aren't born with it, right? It will take a lot of commitment, a lot of time. To, to work those muscles and to me and to master that like I wouldn't even say master but to 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 know how to use your instrument well you know so I think that's so important for people to realize you have to commit and you have to really sit down and practice that's no other that's no shortcut you know to learning in instruments singing or bad or whatever um it's it's really fascinating I also love like we talked how you as a musician stay active i mean you're already pretty active bagpipes it's, it's, it's pretty physical it's like you know yeah you know it's a lot of you, you work your lungs all the time um but you also love to get up pretty early right and do do like I get up yeah tell us about that i love that that that's again pretty disciplined you know <laughs> um uh, yeah i mean i i get up early in the morning and i have like a you know um uh, I just do like some spiritual stuff in the morning. Like I meditate every morning and um, I just did a whole meditation retreat this weekend and uh, on the phone, of course, um, but it was really cool. And uh, I just, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, it's, uh, it, uh, it's just really kind of non-negotiable anymore, you know? Um, so I, I do that and you know i have a, a a daughter and stuff so like a lot of times we're driving somewhere and I'll, those schools been closed now but my daughter goes to a school that's kind of far away and uh but again it's a it's a performing arts school so she's really dedicated but it means we get up early in the morning and then she gets the bus there and stuff so um and i i'm just a morning person you know pardon me i and i can't do anything as you know i've told you before like after like at nine o'clock i'm totally useless you know but I, it's good to have that awareness of yourself you know like know when you can do things and when because everybody's different you know and uh i mean apparently <laughs> I, it was baffling to me to find that out but everybody's different and uh and um and yeah so i so i just get up early in the morning and uh and it's you know and, and the key is going to bed at the right time you know so um but yeah i i, I like the morning so mm -hmm. Tell, tell me about your routine and the retreat that you did. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, so I um, so I did. Um, uh, um, I you know I've been meditating for a long time, but like not really structured or anything. Um, and uh, and then like maybe I think maybe a couple of years ago, you know, I was just like there was some uh, you know just like I don't know like just challenging stuff coming up and. Uh, 
and I have a, a friend who's a big meditator, like, cause I never really went to retreats or anything like that. Cause I always felt like people were wearing like, I don't know why, but like they would wear like uh, white gowns and had bare feet. I just, I don't know. It was just like, I, it's totally not true. I, and um, anyway, so I just, I was talking to him about it and he was just like, yeah, he's, you know, uh, more meditation is the idea. Like he would talk about this, talked a lot about impermanence and, um, and, uh, and then he, uh, he said to me, um, oh yeah, if you really want to uh, grasp like the super spiritual idea, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is lay on me, man. And he, and he, and he said, uh, it is, I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I was like, and becoming okay that you don't know, becoming okay with what you don't know. So anyway, I just thought I'd never been on a retreat. I kind of wanted to know what, like, what, um, you know, what structured meditation was like, you know, like planned out, like what, you know, so I found this, this, uh, system of this guy. I really like this guy. Um, his name is Shinzen Young and, um, I guess I can plug the is unified mindfulness and you can find them online. They have a bunch of free stuff to, uh, to check out. And so, uh, so yeah, so I, I just made a commitment. They have a, like a monthly retreat. Um, that's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And strangely enough, one of the meditations was on, um, was on music. I'd never done that before. They talked, they had a, like a, uh, cause they do like a little, um, uh, they do like a little, uh, I guess, I, I don't know if it's a Dharma talk, but they give it some instruction on to what we're doing and what you can expect and yeah. what, to, uh, and then, and then you do the practice for a little bit and then, uh, and then you come back and ask questions and give feedback and then try it again. And so it was on, <clears throat> it was on music and it was like really, really interesting. And, uh, you know, and they, they're big on like, you know, concentration and, um, uh, sensory clarity and, uh, and equanimity so that like that's the big three uh, things and um and so when you're listening to music like it was like you know oh you can really concentrate on um uh, on like one instrument you know in a, in a piece like instead of listening to it broad you you would listen to or i would listen to one instrument and um yeah it was just it was it was fascinating so <clears throat> well so i'll i have we'll have to review everything um but uh but yeah so that's what i did uh, the weekend <laughs> It's pretty awesome. I, I find it, I like meditation. I like Kundalini yoga and I, I haven't been as disciplined as I normally am. And it's really making me a little bit mad because I, I mean, me going for hikes every day is, is part of med. It's like a walking meditation kind of thing, yeah. but it's different, you know, it's different. Um, but I think I feel different when I meditate, when I do my yoga practice, I, I feel more centered, focused and more, um, not, not so, uh, reactive to, you know, on what, what's going on outside of my, my, my environment, you know? Totally. I actually, I think of it like, a, like it's a compressor, you know, yes. it's just like all those peaks that you have of like, you know, when you get disturbed, cause you're going to get disturbed. And oh. then it's just like, it just stops there. Like if, if I'm not meditating, like the thresholds up here and, and, and like, and then if I meditate and it's down here and, yeah. uh, you know, and it's it. And I like the idea of like, if if you don't think it's working, like try it and then and then stop for a week and then go back to it again. You know, so. But I can feel it. I can. I feel it really. I mean, the first place I feel it's in traffic. You know, like, <laughs> like oh, and then you're like, oh yeah, that's right. I didn't meditate today. It doesn't really happen that much anymore. But, um, uh, but yeah, and I tried yoga for the first time. You did? Which one? Yeah, 
on Friday. I, I have no idea. I have a friend who's doing yoga and, and she's like, yeah, I go to this class. And I went to this class and I was like, man, it was like, everybody looked like they were like uh, uh, figure skaters. And I felt like I was like a crumpled spider. <laughs> like, I just, uh, yeah. And then I, I, it was, I was, I'm still sore from that. It's oh. funny because yoga, when I, I used to be like really into like kickboxing and just high, high energy stuff, you know, that's, that's more like my thing and weightlifting, which I, I, I think it has its place. But when I started doing yoga, I was like, ah, at first I like, guess it's boring. You know, it, you think it's boring and it's just, but you work totally different muscles because you work them more from the inside out. So it, it's a totally different soreness and, 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 uh, workout. It's very interesting. Yeah, I can see it. I can see that. Well, I can definitely tell you every single muscle that it, uh, that it affects because I, I have been affected in every single muscle and it's very painful. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, it would be really cool if, to be able to do that and then it not be painful, which I'm sure can happen after you do it for a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like it. It seems cool. Yeah. And try different things. Like, again, I love Kundalini. That's like one of my favorite uh, yogis, uh, yoga practices. Um, Cause it combines a lot of things, mantra and like, you know, meditation and exercise. Um, and it works the nervous system. It's just, you know, I really, really love that. Um, but it, it takes a long time. Like all the classes are usually like an hour and a half um, hour. to two hours and something like, oh, I don't have that much time right now, you know? Yeah. But they're smaller, you can do like little shorter versions of it. But yeah, it's really interesting. Um, tell us what you have coming up. You also collaborate a lot. Like we did a song together, but you also, work all the time with like other musicians for sync you know yeah um so yeah it was fun to do we did our, our song together that was fun yeah. and um uh yeah i'm doing um i'm just finishing up a uh we have a mutual friend uh uh juliet and we're doing a a, a bunch of uh six like new age tracks she's like oh, yeah. a, she's a new age artist and so we're collaborating on um, that. It's all finished. We're just mastering it and doing some final tweaks to it. Oh, nice. And then um, I'm also working with uh, Paula, another friend of ours. And uh, we're doing uh, some, uh, uh, what do they call it again? Um, Outlaw Country, they call it. Oh, yeah, that one song I remember you played it. Something about a killer, like it was something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely not a Target commercial uh, piece. <laughs> so, uh, but it's very dark. And uh, and we've done three songs now, um, that project. And um, yeah, we're going to, uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do with it, uh, but we're going to do something. That's for sure. So it's uh, really cool. So um yeah, I'm just working on that. I'm doing a um, some uh, film and TV stuff. Not nothing too much. Just I'm working on a pipe band, uh, a piping CD. Uh, I just finished a CD. Well, that was like a year ago, I guess now. But um, I did a, a, a rock and roll bagpipe CD, which is really not that cool anymore. But because uh, in Scotland they're really into uh, traditional stuff again. It's yeah. Really cool. Um, but uh, uh, but it's really what I want to do. So. I just, I, we did that record and I signed a couple of the tracks off of that to, uh, to, uh, a library. And, uh, I did, uh, I did a, a CD for, um, Chuck. We did an Irish, um, collection for that. 
Um, and Mark uh, is like a guy who has a music library, so he, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, for Tan West, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah West. I think uh, you're on. You're one of his composers yeah. too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I just did a bunch of Irish stuff, um, and uh, yeah, I don't really know what's coming up next. I mean, like, because I've been. Um, uh, I hopefully I, I'd like for us to write some more stuff. I yes, think. absolutely. It was so much fun. I love working. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, that really cool. And in COVID, it doesn't even seem like. Uh, COVID has that much of an impact sometimes, you know, like, it's like, oh yeah, we just, we just did it, you know? And, uh, um, and, and it's funny because I, I like, what I like about writing with you is that you're uh, not an early bird. So I would wake <laughs> up and I'd have all, all this stuff and then I would send you all this stuff and then I'd go to sleep. And, uh, and, and we're probably, I don't know, like 20 minutes drive away from each other. And, uh, but uh, yeah, and I and I like that. I, you know, uh, you, you do a great job with vocals and everything like that too. Thank and it's great, it great to collaborate. So yeah, yeah. So that's I, I think that's kind of what's going on. I'm um, trying to I, I explored some just some new software and stuff. You know, that's that's kind of it. And um, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to uh, you know um, just continuing and see what what happens next. So once these yeah. projects wrap up. Isn't it kind of funny because I feel that in our, for me personally, you know, I've been back in LA for three months and I haven't really been out and about, you know, like other than in, in the mountains, but at the same time, I'm like, it's okay with me because I'm mostly in the studio anyway, working on, on music. So I think for people like us, it's not, you know, maybe the teaching in person is not right now happening, but nothing can stop us from collaborating from working together it's just a different way but there is a way and that's yeah. like amazing you know yeah i think i think that the people that are really um uh you know in all areas uh, of this whole pandemic thing you know people that are dedicated to, to doing what they like to do they, they find a way to do it you know yeah. so um so it's just like oh okay well how do we how do we how do we do this and and you know and uh uh, we were trying out some software that allowed us to come uh, to uh, 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 to collaborate remotely, and it really wasn't working. And okay. then I was like, "There's got to be a way that we can do this with Zoom or something like that." You know, and there's there's um, yeah. So I feel like people that are dedicated, you know, to to what they like to do, they do it. But I agree too. It's it's all, often difficult for me to go out and have fun, um, and. Uh, and so, uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it, it feels like you get a break by not having to go out and do stuff, <laughs> you know. Convenient for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a perfect excuse. It's like, it's too dangerous. I don't want to go in a bar. <laughs> yeah, well, I have, I've, I've forced myself to go out a little bit. So I like to go down to the beach and um, we just, I just took my daughter down there and we went and rode bikes down there and stuff. So, you know that's the great thing about la is that is having that stuff available even if you don't use it all the time you know yeah oh my god i love the mountains i mean that that's i can totally live with that just being out you know on hikes today we went to like a burbank um beautiful trail um i don't know if you've been there like off walnut but it's it goes it keeps going high like it, you can go like for three hours if you want to um up to like the tower yeah but, oh my god it's it's just massive mountains you know like it, it's it's kind of crazy that we have that, right at our fingertips that's that's pretty crazy it, it's yeah i think i'm up uh, i think i've been up that hill before does it could you overlook glendale from the from the tower up there is it yeah you can see sun valley from the tower like you can overlook 
all of LA, oh, all, yeah. you know, um, Burbank, downtown, you can see from up there. Um, it's, it's, there's like a golf course. Um, and then yeah. you go up. I mean, you, I'm sure you can go up the hill from the other side too. That, mm. that, that's very possible actually. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's just, um, it's stunning. You know, that's one of the great things about LA, but at the same time, I feel I, we both took the Ryan Tedder uh, course. Yeah, and, for sure. And at the end, um, he was saying, well, you know, if you're serious about your career, you should probably move to LA or, you know, and I kind of, I don't know. I feel like right now you can be wherever. If you really want to meet people, you just be active on, on, online and, you know, yeah, make shit happen. I think so. I mean, I, I can see, you know, like if you haven't lived here before, yeah. that would be probably be different. But like, you know, you know, so many people now since you've lived here that you have people that you can reach out to who already know you, you know, but yeah. I think I think like if you're like he's probably talking, you know, I don't know who he's talking to, but like but if you're just starting out and you wanted to become, you know, uh, get into the music business, uh, definitely coming out here would be the way. I'll, or I'll wait to do it because you can just show up. I mean, not right now because of COVID, but yeah. but you can show up. There's a lots of places that have mixers and stuff, and you can go yeah. like mind the people that are gonna, you know, um, pardon me, gonna um, tell you what's going on. Yeah. You know, like um, yeah, there's tons of tons of places like that. You know, tons of organizations in town. Yeah, that that was a good thing before. COVID because you, you know that was the whole point of being in LA because all this stuff happening all the time and being out all the time you know that that was kind of really um the cool part being right in the middle of it all but right now you know everything is online which I actually appreciate because <laughs> you don't have to be in New York you don't have to be in Nashville you can just go online and be part of you know a conference which is pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. so awesome to talk to you where can people find you um they can um uh i can i i have a, a website mm -hmm. and then i can put a link to my um uh to my music they can uh at bandcamp yeah uh, i'll put the link below but the, the name of your website is your name or uh it's called bagpipetamer.com okay www.bagpipetamer that's just the yeah um and then uh stand easy band Dot com is the name of the band but you can you can see all that in Bandcamp, um and uh yeah i think awesome. that's that's where you find me <laughs> yeah awesome and any upcoming tv performances or is that is that back up and going or not quite yet um i don't know about tv yet but uh but but i definitely uh there were a couple of commercials that i worked on um, one I didn't actually get, but I got to, uh, because of COVID, I got the, to be the backup bagpiper. And uh, there's a commercial out for Geico right now. And, uh, and uh, so I got to go and sit in the car park. Um, and, uh, and then I got the one with Timbaland. So that's two that I know for sure that have filmed since COVID. Yeah. But I think they may have locked things down again. But there was like a window when things opened, like you had to go get COVID tests and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, but I think slowly it's starting to open up again, as long as nothing goes, you know, terribly wrong. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, it's it, and it's this city's industry, too. You know, it's a big industry in this town. So, yeah, I mean, um, for you, it makes sense to be in this town because you do live performances. So you kind of have to be here, you know? Yeah, I mean, for stuff like that, 
you you definitely uh um you definitely have to be here and available you know yeah. so yeah. um that's that's uh yeah so uh, and like even for like commercials like you know you, you would never know you're gonna go going you're gonna go and at least audition a couple of times and still you could not get anything you know which has happened so um but it's kind of cool because of covid because people are auditioning online but like you know you have to drive to santa monica which i have done before at uh uh, uh five o'clock in the afternoon on a rainy day oh my god <laughs> an audition and then uh, uh and uh and yeah i remember that because it i played for a dead hamburger that was awesome I, the, the burger king hamburger that was the commercial they were like having a funeral for the old whopper and they were <laughs> they were introducing the new whopper so uh, funny <laughs> yeah fun stuff yeah traffic in la is not fun um there's this joke that if you live in a valley and you have to go to Santa Monica for a job, you're like, no, yeah, not taking that job. <laughs> I'm not doing the traffic every day. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, it's amazing, like, because we never talk in miles, you know, because like mileage doesn't equate. It doesn't matter how how many miles something is away because no. it depends on how long it takes you to get there. You know, like I don't know how far Santa Monica is. I just know like you could probably get there in 25 minutes. If, yeah. it, if there's no traffic and if it's a regular time of day it's like two hours you know and it, or an hour and a half and if it's raining two hours yeah 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 it, it's it's it, you never know that is very true but traffic is picking up again here it's kind of weird um because i go hiking on uh, fryman which is like off Lowell canyon and um we sound like the snl now the, the, the california. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> the californians that's right it's so true <laughs> I think of it all the time. But, That's yeah. so true, you know. know. <laughs> coming up our canyon, and there's all this traffic coming from Hollywood. <laughs> it's right. so funny. It's so funny. Okay, we're 65 degrees today. That's what I'm going to focus on. <laughs> well, any last advice for anyone? Because, I mean, if you are not living proof of that, if you really have passion about something and you have dedication, you can make things happen, no matter how niche you are. Because, obviously... You're pretty niche, you know. That's, yeah. you know, your bagpiper in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I I think one of the most important things for me was uh, that you have to start thinking about yourself as a business, and uh, and uh, and that was kind of a weird thing to do. Um, uh, for some reason, we don't think about that too much, or I, I didn't. Like, I just kept thinking, like, oh, I'm gonna have to get a job here pretty soon, and I never did. So, if you think about it as yourself as a business. And you think about all the ways that you can generate income, like, and where you can sell your product, like who want, who's paying money. Like if it's a business, like, and there's, and there's, you know, there's benefits to both. Like you can work a regular full-time job and go and play your own original music at nighttime and playing clubs and do whatever. And, and you don't, there's a certain freedom in not having to make money. Um, I mean, there's a lot of freedom actually right. <laughs> in being able to play the kind of music that you want. Yeah. Um, but if you if you want to make music full time or you want to be a full time musician, yeah, I think you know I would say my my suggestion would be to to think of yourself as a business and go to like things that, that you know like small business administration, you know, like and uh, and take business classes and talk to people who are doing business stuff and and think of you know like when they're talking about their product, your product is you, you know, so like having multiple income streams is really important. And, um, and I never realized how important that was until COVID, you know, like when everything dried up and, um, and the only thing left are residuals 
and uh, and teaching, you know, and uh, and things you things you can do online and, and asking like, here are the skills that I have, like who pays money for the, these skills? Like I've done a lot of crazy jobs and there's, uh, you know, there's, um, you know, like uh, there's lots of opportunities, you know, there's there's different shows that, you know, you might not think that you want to do, but um, uh, you know, and I, and I definitely have met guys who don't want to do those kind of jobs. Like, you know, go and do, you know, come up with a library show, go and play in, in the libraries. Um, there's people that can book you in libraries if you have a good show and you can do multiple different shows. You can go and play in, um, uh, you know, you can go busk. <laughs> uh, you can go uh, and play, uh, you can do, do film extra work, TV work, you know, uh, as a musician. There's people that are looking for musicians. Um, you know, you can do what audiences like, do you like to work with kids? You can do music for kids. I've done music for kids. It's amazing by the way, to, to work with kids because there's, uh, uh, there's some kind of magic. I don't know how much time we have, but no, go um, for it. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm yeah. with you. The thing that we, we see a lot of people that have like, uh, dementia and how they still react to music. But on the other side of that is, is the kids. So before kids can speak, can communicate with language they are 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 affected by music you can see it in them they respond to music and you can tell the kids that are okay with music and there are kids that are like alive with it when they hear it and so that's like some magical thing that um we don't really get because you know we work and we're slogging away and we do our stuff but but there's a certain magic that we've been that we've tapped into as musicians like i i tell people too like just being a musician is um it's a part of something. No, it doesn't matter if you're a full-time musician or like part-time or whatever, but there's this common thread that we have that we've been tapped into this. Ma I, I don't know a better word than to use is just magic. You know, you can't touch it. You can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it, but it's, it's there. And it, and it's about vibrations. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just the, these things vibrating at different, uh, at different frequencies. And, and this kid knows nothing about that stuff. No. And they are just like, wow. You know, I want to do that. I want to shake that thing. I want to hit that drum. I want to touch that guitar. I want to make that sound like, and they, and it's before they can even speak, you know? And so like, that's, that's where you see the magic, you know? And then, you know, sometimes they get shut down from then on, but, um, but that's, that's what we all as musicians get to be a part of, you know? And it's good to remember that, you know, for me anyway, it's good for me to remember that. Like, uh, so, you know, it's definitely a blessing to, have those uh, skills although you know i'm sure every you know all musicians go through difficult periods um you know when they want to uh you know when they wish they could just have a regular job um <clears throat> and get paid a regular salary and uh, uh and think that that would solve their problem but i, I know it wouldn't solve mine so uh, i just have to keep plugging plugging through the because it's some of the stuff's tough you know but um but yeah just being able to recognize where that 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 magic is is also you know it's it's a kind of a cool thing so um yeah so that's my advice find out who's paying money if you want to be in a business like the skills that you have like oh i play guitar you know like i play a lot of funerals because i'm a bagpiper but i also see other musicians playing at funerals you know there's guitar players playing at funerals you know <clears throat> there's singers singing at funerals you know there's people like weddings playing at weddings you know um, musicians play at weddings and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be in a wedding band you know you could be a soloist you could do whatever you know you could write songs for weddings you, you know there's all sorts of stuff but again that's about like 
you know, going to, uh, to get advice from business people, you know, who are like, you know, all these well, well tested uh, um, uh, marketing methods that are passed down through business stuff and people are studying at the best universities in the world, you know, that's available for you to learn from these mentors, you know, and just that you're, you have a different product. So I think that's, you know, kind of important. Absolutely. So. And I, I think what you just brought up is like also think outside the box. You know, what, what, where else yeah. could I, uh, you know, not going where everybody else is going, you know, first of all, the clubs don't really pay money anyway, plus right. they're not open right now, but um, there's so many other ways you could earn a living. And, and I think the crazier you think outside the box, the, you know, like, like weddings or funerals, it's not even that far out the box, but like, you probably would have not thought that you could make a lot of money playing funerals, you know, right? you know, <laughs> and you're also helping. I feel like what you said earlier with the music that I always feel like that with music. I feel like a little kid when I, when I hear a song that really touches me, it's magic. Cause you could feel like you're in love or you could feel really sad or really happy and you just want to dance. There's something about it. And I feel we are so lucky to have mm -hmm. that gift, to have that ability. It's not always an easy business, but no business is easy, right? I mean, everybody has struggles and, but I, I feel like, how many people really do what they love, you know, and earn a living with that? That is magical. And, and music is healing. So I think that's why musicians always look better, usually, you know, <laughs> unless they're like really drugged up and stuff. Because it, 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 it nurtures your soul. It nurtures your, your entire body, your being. Mm -hmm. you know, there's something about sound, healing sounds, you know, that's just it's it's a very special thing that needs to be shared and and that without music i i don't you know god i can't even imagine a world without music yeah yeah you know that would be absolutely there was something else i was going to ask you but now i can't remember oh so when you when you transitioned to online teaching how different was that for you um it well you know i have a couple of students that i already taught online so i had some experience oh. with it but um but uh uh but it's challenging you have to you have to um you have to be uh, your communication has to be clearer because you have you can't just point at stuff you know you have to remember like okay let's go to bar three and like the second beat there like you know rather than like see that <laughs> don't do that you know like um uh, so like talking about that stuff. And then for us, like for bagpipers, like, uh, you know, they have to learn how to do things for themselves. Like a lot of their own tuning and stuff like that is, is something that sometimes they never had to do as much of, cause I could always help them with. And, um, but a lot of people have to do it themselves now and take care of their instruments. And, um, so they're learning other things as well, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, um, I'm totally getting used to it now. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. That's, so we find a rhythm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Um, I, I feel like Zoom is still one of the best options, you know, Yeah. for, for doing anything online. And I'm, I'm so happy to hear that everything has worked out for you, you know, and that you're still doing your thing. I also think what we are doing, even though the business is slow right now, but this is also a good time for anyone who, who does what we do, composes, writes music, while there might not be much going on, this is the time you could just spend building a catalog, right? Or like doing a lot of collaborations, you know, just. 
Well, there's also the, this idea, and and uh, I had this one meditation speaker uh, uh, or teacher talking about this, and he said, you know, when you think about this COVID thing, like it's kind of like the whole world has been forced into a retreat, you know, to take to 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 go inside and not and like you know forced to have all these experiences um, that we wouldn't have with people that we are close to and in course close quarters to and and have to like change all these things around and um and kind of reevaluate things you know businesses are reevaluating and um you know i'm sure a lot of people are reevaluating their lives <laughs> you know and uh and thinking about what's important what's not or what how, what's changed you know so it's very it's just really interesting um you know because we're sitting at home anyway we might as well contemplate some some uh some other things you know yeah totally you know, like we, we, we said earlier, nothing can stop you. If you really want to do something, no no pandemic, whatever the hell, can stop us from doing what we want to do. <laughs> going to keep on going, keep on getting stronger and better. You know? Yeah, I mean, everybody's everybody's adapting. I, I don't know that many things that were, you know, like like a music conferences, they're all were happening and like get togethers are still happening. People are having, you know, Christmas parties and stuff and it was just like, okay, that's what we're gonna do, you know, and until uh, yeah. something changes, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was grateful because I was in Germany, and then I was able to go to many things that were happening in LA because they were online. I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not missing anything, so that's good. Cool if you're a night owl. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, that that's uh, it's uh, it's really cool. So. Um, awesome. Any plans to go back to Europe or? Well, I, you know, I keep track. Uh, I mean, I'd love to go back to Scotland. I normally go every summer. Um, and, uh, but um, I think right now it looks like that they're not going to be opening up till June or July. Um, and normally I go in August, but uh, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that it's going to take, I mean, they're quite, they're doing quite well over there as far as rolling out that vaccine and stuff. So, the chances of them opening up uh, sooner then nothing's going to happen over there until that all gets sorted out. Um, so I don't know, trying to keep, I, it, it's just, there's, it's not really worth going back there if it's not the summertime. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So keep working here, keep working, doing your thing, you know? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, I will put all your info in the, in the description right. below and We'll look out for you. We have to like watch you on on the screen and listen. Yeah, to yeah for sure. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Of course. No, that's thank great. you. I'm sure we missed so many amazing more stories, but maybe that's for another time. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll definitely uh, we'll, we'll we'll fill up another episode at some point. Absolutely. So. Well, thank you so much, and best of luck to you, and thank you for the inspiration. Thanks so much, Jacqueline. We'll see you later. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much again for listening into the podcast. I know there's so many things you could be listening to. There's so many things going on all the time. So for you to take the time to listen to our podcast, I very much appreciate that. Please hit the like button, the subscribe button, and share with your friends and family if you liked what you heard. If you would like to be on my show, you can contact me at JacquelineVanBierk at gmail.com. I'm pretty much on all social media uh, sites with the same name. And last but not least this is one of my sun protective shawls that you can purchase 
at jackvonb.com. You are supporting a small business and you're doing something incredibly amazing for your skin. And when you are not out in the sun, by the way, this is keeping me a little bit cozy right now because it's not super warm in my place, but I also use this as an actual shawl. So you can show off the label if you like. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of cool. I just discovered that. Um, or you can just wear it as a, as a scarf, which I do a lot because we singers like to protect our, our throat a little bit more. So jump to my website and check it out, but also make sure that you contact my guests, check out my guests' links all in the description below. And as always, I, I encourage you to just like reach out to a guest if you really like their stories, you know, um, what they're doing. This could be a new friend, it could be a new collaborator. And the whole point of this podcast is as always to bring people together and know that we are so much more alike than we are different. So, and now than ever, we can use having a nice community of like-minded individuals who support one another. With that said, you have an amazing rest of your week, actually a great weekend, and I will see you next Friday with a new episode of The Stories That Bind Us. Thank you. Stop.